Come on, go ahead and stand to your feet. And won't you go ahead and turn to that very familiar passage in Malachi chapter number three. And we're going to start reading in verse number 10, I believe. Malachi chapter number three. When you arrive there, say amen. Amen. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. Says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Look at verse number 12. I love this verse. And all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land says the Lord of hosts. Let's pray. Daddy, we are so much in love with you. We so much appreciate, Lord, all that you've done for us. You gave us the very best in giving us Jesus. No questions about it. Hands down. In fact, everything you do for us is the best, whether we see it that way or not. You are a good father. Oh, God, you're a good father. And we thank you, Lord, for being so very good to us. And God, in our feeble attempts, Lord, the best that we can do is come to you, Lord, and offer you fully and completely our entire lives, which includes the resources that you have given to us. Because, Lord, we know that you are the provider, that you are the one who sustain us in the midnight hour. Lord, when, when we don't even understand how we're going to make it through, God, you always provide for your people. God, and you choose to bless us. You choose to bless us. And God, what we come to do this morning is to reverence you and to open our hearts, open our minds to your truth because, Lord, your word sets free. Your word is our help today, and we thank you so much for your word. Every heart is attentive, and everybody is postured to learn today what the Spirit wants to say to the church. Use me, as always, for your own glory, and God will give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in our God's presence this morning. We are continuing in our series, Kingdom Finance. And we began talking last week about money. And I don't know about you, but I think that money is something that kind of reveals our hearts. It kind of shows a picture it kind of shows a picture of who we really are. And not only that, what we really think of our God. I have a great burden this morning. 
Because I want the people of God to understand the blessing in giving to God and keeping him first. Mark my words. The enemy will do everything that he can do to distract you so that you do not do the thing that God wants you and I to do. How many of you believe that God wants you to be blessed? God is the one who is our provider. We all recognize that. Some of you, and I know some of your testimony, you're going through a challenge financially. You're going through some uh, economic trials and tribulations. But in spite of all that, how many know that God still has a plan for our lives? And in spite of all that, how many know that we still got to trust him? And we still must stay faithful to him in the midnight hour. Let me tell you why. Because everything with God, watch this, is a test. Everybody say test. The good thing about God's test is God sets you up so you can pass the test. Are you, are you with me? God not only gives you the test, but when I was in school, how many of you used to like those tests when they give you the open book test? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, all you got to do is open the book and all the answers are right there. So he not only gives you the problem, but he gives us the solution. This is a sermon today about the solution. I know that I'm swimming up tide because I understand that when you talk about folk money, I know how we get. When you talk about folk money, folk get funny. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? I understand all that. But I want you to understand that I come to you in the spirit of love. And I come to you having been a recipient of God's grace. And let me tell you, me and my wife have been in many difficult situations financially. To which, not too long ago, years, a few years ago, our house was even compromised. We had some challenges. We don't talk about it. But I'm here to tell you today that God has provided for us over and over and over again. Can everybody say, say abundance. Abundance. Say overflow. Overflow. I'm a standing testimony that if you stay faithful to God, God will meet you right where you are. Now, I know that I want to talk to you today about the tithe. I'm talking to you about tithing. Or if if it sounds better to you, I'm going to talk to you about keeping God first. How does that sound? Because there's a lot of confusion about this issue. I understand about tithing, and you hear the different arguments. And I know all the theological debates because I've been walking with the Lord for a lot of years, and I researched it up and down. I studied every aspect as relates to tithing, to giving. And so I believe that I have a pretty good ground and, 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 and a pretty good understanding. I'm, I'm grounded in, in, in truth, I believe, as it relates to giving. So though there have been a lot of confusion about this issue of tithing, one of the things that I know about a true tither, a person that commits to it, I, I'm here to tell you, they are blessed. Amen. And you can always tell the people that are tithers because they always give the yes, amens. The ones who don't, they're quiet. That's okay. We're going to get there today. Because I, one of the things I found is this, the most vocal opponents, because how many of you have heard the argument, oh, tithing is not for the day? How many of you have heard that? But let's be honest. We're going to dig a little bit in the scripture. 
How many, how many of you heard, like, tithing, not, that, was for the, that, was, that was only, that was strictly just to provide for the Levitical priesthood. And, and we don't have that system today. How many of you have heard that? We're going to shatter some of those ways of thinking today. I find the most vocal opponents against this issue of tithing, not only don't they tithe, but generally they give a whole lot less than the tithe. So it's one thing to be opposed to something, you know, and, and you're opposed because you want to do more than being opposed because you want to do less. How many know that we don't need to shortchange our guys? He's given us so much, and everybody in here believed that this morning. So the greatest givers that I've seen in the church, they not only embrace tithing, but give far more and are happier for it. I was talking with a gentleman of mine, a friend of mine, who we're not, we've been walking with the Lord for so many years. And, and right now, let me tell you, he is just, my wife knows what I'm talking about, but he is, he, they are blessed. And every time I talk to him, they had a building campaign at his church. And he was sitting here telling me, uh, and he didn't give me the exact amount, but he just kept telling me that, that he gave way beyond, you know, what he should have gave or, or what at least the world would think you should give. But then he said God even stretched him above that. And, you know, and I remember sitting there talking to him. And can I say to you that as I'm talking to this man, he is happy and he is excited and he, he wants to give more. And, and watch, and on the backside of that, how many know God has blessed this man in a tremendous way? So watch this. He's got that revelation that the more that he take care of the things of God, God would take care of his stuff. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? So many Christians, watch this. Y'all see it with me? Say amen. Many Christians that are struggling financially, watch this, and this is a fact, they are not tithers. The stats bear it out. Many Christians who are struggling financially, they, they either they don't believe in tithing, they were never taught about tithing, but they never really commit to this issue of, of understanding what the tithe is all about. And may I hasten to say to you this morning that tithing is really, really about keeping God first. Let me take it a step further. Tithing is about the honor of God. Everybody say honor. Tithing is not just something whereby it's just about supplying for the needs of the church. It goes beyond that. The Bible says that the tithe is holy unto the Lord. How many know that holy means sanctified, set apart? And so as we understand this issue of tithing, it is about keeping God first. And how many know that when you don't keep God first, that something is going to suffer in your life? Come on, let's y'all y'all with me. So it's all about keeping God first. So watch this. So when a person commits to tithing, let's say you've never done it before, but let's say that you, you said, you know what, I'm gonna commit to doing this thing, then it is the beginning of putting God back in charge of your resources. One of the things that tithing does is it reminds you, because how I many know it's one thing to say they don't believe in God. It's one thing to say that God is my provider, but it's another thing to demonstrate it. Come on, somebody. And what tithing does is no matter what your situation is, this is not just relegated to people that are doing well financially. This is for you. If you're sitting here broke, it's for you, too, because how many know it's about order? And some of us, let's be honest, our finances are out of order. And, and, and how many know when your money is out of order, everything is, is, is hindered because your priorities are not intact? How many know 
as we said at the beginning, that God wants to bless us. But let me, let me say this to you. I want to say this to every one of you who is sitting here today. I want you to open your hearts this morning. Maybe you're sitting here this morning. You said, I, I don't believe in this tithing thing. I, 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 listen, I want you to just open your heart for the next few moments. Just say, Lord, just speak to me. Just say, Lord, if there's any truth that this pastor is saying, God, let it resonate down in my heart. That's all I ask you this morning. Because why? I believe that when we do this thing, God will bless you. Some folks sitting here this morning, you know what I'm talking about. God has been faithful to you because you've always put him first. The beginning of getting out of debt and out of financial bondage is putting God first. So I was a person, why should you wait? But should, I, should I wait? I always say, start today. Because you robbed Peter to pay Paul to do other stuff, robbed Peter to pay God. I'm just saying. I, I know it's radical, but because I believe that financial freedom starts with understanding, particularly for you, Christian. You are a, listen, you know, God treats you differently than he treats folk who ain't his kids. I, am I right about it? Because you are a son and daughter of God, God looks at you and the way you hold, handle your money much differently than people in the world. How many know that we're saved and we need to bring our money under the subjection of Jesus Christ? Not just your mouth, not just your service, but you need to bring your money under the subjection of Jesus Christ. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Why is that so important? Because there are many people today that are struggling so much and their lives are a wreck. They have no peace, anxiety, depression have overtaken them because of this issue of financial uh, mismanagement or financial problems resulting in not putting God first. One of the best things, parents, we can do for our kids, for every dollar our kid make, teach them to give God 10%. Amen. Teach them. I'm going to show you why I say that here in a moment. Because this is not a gimmick. How many know that I'm not a gimmick pastor? I, I'm going to tell you exactly how it is, and I'm going to tell you exactly how I walk it out, and I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat. I'm just going to give it to you because I know I'm coming from a place of love, and I know that if you put God, how many you how many here believe that if you put God first, in the end you're going to be all the better for it? Come on, anybody believe that? Then why not let's put Him first in our money? Now let me look at a couple of verses. So let me talk about a moment because I want to do a couple of things this morning. I got work to do. Can y'all bear with me this morning? Uh, I want you to get your pen. I want you to get your pen. I want you to write. I want you to study with me. Can we teach just a little bit this morning? All right. Now watch. Now in 2 Corinthians, so I want to talk a little bit about the, the spirit of giving, the tithe, and any offering to God. I want to talk about the spirit of it. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9 Verses 6 and 7. Everybody know this verse, but I'm going I'm to say it anyway. And it reads, but this I say, he who sows sparingly, watch this, will also reap sparingly. Mm. And he who sows bountifully will also reap what? All right. So, so how many know you have a little bit of control over this? Can I ask you a question? What kind of financial blessing do you want? How many, how many of you believe the word of God? How many know this? As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will always be here. Seed time and harvest is the principle of the kingdom of God. You got to understand the principle of sowing and reaping. You got to get it down in your heart. Now watch this. He says, so let each one gives as he purposes in his heart. Now, let me stop right there. 
Because what a lot of people say, well, see, pastor, that's proof right there. That scripture really means it's preaching against tithing. No, it's not. What do you see that at? It doesn't say anything about don't tithe. It's to give each one purpose in his heart. Now watch. Stay with me. For, so let each one give as he purposes in the heart, not grudgingly. Everybody say not grudgingly. Not mad. Or the ghetto version, not pissed. My wife's hate when I say that word. Uh, upset about it. But everybody say happy. For God loves a what kind of giver? A cheerful, happy giver. So watch this. So here's a couple things. So how you sow determines how you reap. All right? Point blank. This is, this is a principle. Some of you, you're having some financial problems. How you sow, if your, ob- if, listen, if your objective is to tip God with the leftovers, you sow what you're going to reap. Are you hearing me? How many know that if you go to the hotel room and you tip, what's the guy, what's the person at the, 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 the valet parking? If you give them 50 cents or a dollar, how many know they're going to look at you like, what up with you, brother? How many know that some people, they tip God just that way? Oh, come on, I'm going to talk this morning. Come on, stay with me. How many know we ought to, how many, as a people of God, there ought not be any lack in the house of God? I'm here to tell you right now emphatically that if everybody in the, I mean, say everybody, if everybody gave 10%, just 10% of your money, then we would, there wouldn't be a need in the house. 10%. Test me in this, says the Lord. Bring it all into the what? Storehouse. Now watch. Let's keep going because I don't want to get ahead of myself. So he said, give as you purpose in your heart. So watch this. So God is not going to ever, listen, God is not about forced giving. God is not going to appear to you in the middle, middle of the night with Gabriel and smack you across the head and shake you and say, give money to God. Oh, no. Giving is always meant to be willing. How I many know giving must come out of a willing and obedient heart? So in other words, you got to decide the level of blessing you want to receive. Give as you purpose. See, in other words, here's the thing. How I many know that there is, and I'll show you here in a moment if you don't know, I believe, and the scripture bears it out, that there is a unique blessing to those who tithe. I say there is a unique blessing that is associated with the tithe. Why? Because the tithe is holy unto the Lord. I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to show you some verses here in a second to prove it. So what, So if you did, how many know that give as you purpose? I don't know about you, but there anybody in here that purpose to be a tither? Come on. Purpose to be a tither. How many know you got a purpose how you want to be blessed? And he said, I want you to be happy about it. So how many know that if you give the tithe, for an example, and you're upset and you're mad about it and you're angry and you're saying, I'm going to get that tithe, I'm going to get that tithe because this bastard keeps talking to me about that stupid money. I'm going to give that tithe because he get on my nerve. I always ask for it. I'm going to give it. Right, take it. There it is. You will not be blessed, even though you gave the tithe. Why? Because one of the conditions of giving, you got to have a good heart. So how many know we want happy tithers? Look at your neighbor and say, a happy tither. Now, I want to make a statement right up front. I believe that every blood-bought, every born-again Christian, everyone who has called yourself a Christian, that you've been saved and washed in his blood, that you should be giving God minimally a tenth. I say minimally. I believe that the tithe is the training wheels of giving. It's where we start. But how many know it's not where we end? 
Oh, it got, got real quiet when I said that. Because some of you are, I, I tithe. I'm good. But, boy, you won't get much more than that. We said last week that God owns what? It all. Now, watch this. So let's keep going. So now, what was the original intent of the tithe? What was the original intent? What was the spirit of the tithe? As I said a moment ago, what some folk believe is the tithe was just all about the, the biggest opponents against tithing. One of the things they say, man, tithing, man, that was just about supporting the Levitical priests. We don't need to do that no more today. I mean, I can argue that point another different way, but I, 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 will, I won't go there. But what was the original intent of tithing? What was the spirit of it? How many know that Abraham, how many have ever heard of a man named Abraham? Anybody ever heard of Abraham? So Abraham, after he had been in a battle and he had won, he encountered this mysterious person called Melchizedek. Now, everybody say Melchizedek. Now, this Melchizedek, let me, let me read a verse, Hebrews 7, 3, because I want to give you some scriptural context. So I really want you to study. So it's talking about, now, who was this Melchizedek? Now, watch. He was without father, this is Hebrews 7, 3, Without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. So this mysterious person appears in the Bible, and he has an eternal priesthood. So when, watch this now, when Abraham sees Melchizedek and see how wonderful and how awesome this priest was, he understood his priesthood, watch this. Abraham said in, in Genesis 14, 20, and blessed be the God most high who has delivered your enemies into his hands, and he gave him a tenth of all. Now watch. Here's what I want you to understand something. Now, Melchizedek is a, is a type of Christ because he have a, the, 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 a, 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 a perpetual priesthood. He's the king of righteousness. So he's a type of Christ. And so watch this. So when, when Abraham encounters Melchizedek, watch this. Melchizedek never says to him, y'all still with me? Say amen. Melchizedek never says to him, uh, hey, can you, can you give me a tenth of your money? Melchizedek never, Melchizedek never tries to manipulate Abraham. He never tries to force Abraham. In fact, we don't see him even saying anything to Abraham about what amount to give him at all. All Abraham did was Abraham recognized who this Melchizedek was, and out of his honor and respect for who he recognized Melchizedek to be, he says, I'm going to give you a tenth. Now, watch this. The law of tithing didn't come till some 400 years later, if you read your Bible. So when Abraham, watch, so when Abraham sees this Melchizedek, Abraham recognized, he sees who he is, he says, I'm going to give you a tenth of everything that I have, of all that I got, of my spoils. So that's what Abraham did. But I mean, no, it was never forced. It was never manipulated. Look at the neighbor and say this. It was about honor and worship. That's what it was. It was about honor and worship. Everybody say, say honor, honor. and worship. See, when he saw him, he said, I'm, this is what I'm going to do because you are great. Now, watch this. Melchizedek, now, now you understand that this was a type of Christ, so, so watch this, Melchizedek. So how many know the Bible says that Jesus is the, is the priest in the order of Mel what? Melchizedek. Now, I got I to stay with me. So Jesus wasn't a priest 
in the order of the Levitical priesthood because Jesus was not born with the Levites. How many know it was the Levites by which all the priests came? Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. All right? And so, so, the, so, so understand something. When the Bible says that Jesus is a priest after the order of Melchizedek, what he's really saying there is that, is that Jesus' priesthood is greater than the Levitical priesthood. Because the Levites were hindered because of how many know they had to offer for their own sins and then they had to offer for the sins of the people. And so the Levitical priesthood was limited, but yet they were commanded some 400 years later to pay tithes. But how many know that the Bible said that Jesus is a priest in the order of Melchizedek? Why? Because Melchizedek priesthood is greater. Everybody say greater. Now watch this. Look at Hebrews chapter 7, verse 14 and 16. I got to read this verse that way because some of you are saying, Pastor, he showed me that in the Bible. Okay, here it is. For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, watch this church, of which the tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood, and it is yet far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek, remember we said that Jesus was a type of Melchizedek. Y'all still with me? All right, say amen. And there arise another priest, watch this, who has come not according to the law of the fleshly commandments, which was the Levites, but according to the power of an endless life. How do we know Jesus has an endless life? His priesthood is eternal and forever. For he testifies, you are a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And so we understand that the Levitical priesthood was inferior because of sin and death, but Melchizedek's priesthood was eternal and is better. And it says that there needed to be a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Why? His priesthood is forever. Why? He had the power of an endless life. Why? Death could not defeat him. How many know that Jesus is our great priest? He is our great priest, and he comes in the order of Melchizedek. And what did Abraham do to show his honor and respect to Melchizedek? He paid him a tithe. Isn't it no wonder that God comes along later and sanctifies the tithe as being holy unto the Lord? Isn't it no wonder why God did that? Now watch this. Now how many know, how many know that the Bible says that we are, uh, we are to mimic the faith of Abraham? Come on, y'all still with me? Y'all look, come on, come on, perk up. Come on, get happy about this. Well, watch this now. Everywhere you read in the scripture, when the Bible talks about Abraham, we are always, he, he's, he's referred to as the father of our faith. In other words, Abraham was the man. How many know when Abraham, God said, Abraham, I want you to get up, leave the country, leave everything, give it all of it up, and I want you to come and follow me. How many know that we ought to be like Abraham? Oh, God. How many know we ought to be just like Abraham? And so Abraham, he set out, and he didn't even know where he was going. All he had was a word from God, and Abraham gave it all up. How many know he had to walk away from some stuff in order to get what God had, what God had for him? Does anybody have to walk away from some stuff to get what God got for you? How many know I'm talking about this morning? Now watch. So when you read the scripture, all throughout scripture, it talks about Abraham being the father of our faith, and that we are supposed to be and follow in the steps of Abraham, who was our example. In fact, look at Romans chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. I want you to put your eyes on that verse. You got it? Can you see it on the screen? Come on, say amen. Y'all got to help me preach. All right. Watch this. And he received the sign of circumcision. Talking about, uh, watch this, talking about Abraham. 
a seal of the righteousness of faith, which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who believe. Watch this. How many of you believe today? How many of you believe in Jesus? How many of you believe in God? How many of you are blood-bought Christians today? How many of you love God today? Though they are circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also, and the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, watch this church, here's the key, but who also walk in the steps of, of the faith which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. How many know that we need to walk in the steps of, of, of Abraham? And what did Abraham do when he realized who Melchizedek was? I'm going to honor and give him a tenth. How many know, listen church, how many know because Abraham because of the fact that he saw the greatness of Melchizedek and his priesthood by paying him a tenth, we should see the greatness of our Jesus by paying him at least a tenth since he is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And, and not only that, church, how many know that Jesus is great? He's greater. And I believe if Abraham was here today, I believe that Abraham, without question, would be paying a minimum of tenth. Why? Because he would recognize the power of Jesus' priesthood. Does anybody here recognize the power of his priesthood? His priesthood is eternal. He's the king of righteousness. He is holy. He's great. He's greatly to be praised. There is none like him. And out of the abundance of our love and recognition for who he is, we are to be like Abraham. And the order of Melchizedek, you know what? I'm going to follow that order. I'm going to give him a tent too. Why? Because it's about honor. It is not, listen, it is not of just about or primarily about supplying needs. How do you know the tithe is about the honor of God? You can say whatever you want to say, but the origin of the tithe, when Abraham gave it, he recognized who Melchizedek was. Can anybody in here recognize who Jesus is? How do you know that Jesus is worthy? And if God blessed the tithe, how many know that we ought to honor our God that way as well? You know, the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 9, it says this. Watch this. Everybody know that, that, that verse? It says, honor the Lord. Everybody say honor. honor. Everybody say honor. honor. See, the tithe, watch this, is about honor. It's about honor. I said last week a radical statement. Some of you like Paul. So I, don't, I don't know about that. I said, and, 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 until you really relinquish control of your money to God, and how do you know there got to be some steps? And one of the ways that you know you do that is by giving God his off the top. Not giving God what you got left over. No, not not your, your leftover stuff after you did everything. How do you know God wants you to, listen, he wants you to take, listen, he wants you to make sure that his kingdom is funded. He wants you to take care of your family. How do you know we have kids, we have responsibility, have all that. But then after we do all that, that's our leftover stuff. That's your toy money. But you don't take the tithe and what God has said is holy and use that as your toy money because you're dishonoring God. When you, I'm trying to get you to see that tithing is about the honor of God. That's what Abraham did. And Jesus is the priest after Melchizedek. And the Bible goes out of the way to tell us this. Why? Because he wants us to follow in Abraham's footsteps. I really believe that. And when we realize how great Jesus is, not only does he deserve the 10, but we give him anything he wants because he's greater. We say start with the 10th because we know the 10th God blessed. Everybody say holy. Now watch. So let's, let's talk about this thing. So we've already established 
that the tithe is not just about supplying for the Levitical priesthood. It was never meant to be forced. How many know today? Nobody's going to force you to give. You know, I'm not going to sit here and try to play all kind of games with you and try to figure out ways to. No, no, I'm just going to. I believe, you know, I got free. How many, you know, let me, let me give you a testimony. So, so years ago, when I was really struggling with this issue, I was in and out of a tithe. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, I tithe for a minute, and then maybe we ain't got rid of it, I back up out of it. Tithe for a minute, and it seemed like, now, now I'm just being, my wife would tell you this. So, so it seemed like, man, when I, you know, because I, I remember that time, I think, man, that's a lot of money to be giving up. I mean, I got some needs. I got kids. My wife ain't working just on one income. Man, this is tight. And, and then when I would try to keep it, you know what I realized? And this is the honest truth, that, that, we, had, that we had less. Yeah. I couldn't figure out. I said, well, technically I got more. But when I started saying, well, I, I'm not going to give it tight, and I started using it for myself, I found I had less. And then I found out that when I started putting God first, that I had more because I put it, I give him his off the top. And let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you really want to be blessed by God, put him first by beginning with the tithe. Now watch. So let me get, watch this. So what are the benefits? I'm, I'm going to come back here to, to Malachi in a moment. But, but what are the benefits? Let me give you some benefits. These, these, let me give you some benefits of tithing. Watch this. Number one, you won't, God won't get the leftovers. How many know that it's a dishonor to God that you go out and you take care of everything else and then you come into the house of God and you give God, can I be honest about it, two or three bucks? Not because, listen, because of we haven't prioritized. And all of us say, well, you know, I'm just, I got so many other things. I understand that. But how many know that we serve a great king? And, and we need to bless God much greater. How many know God is greater than that? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? Go give that to the valet person. See what he say to you. Give it to the waitress. You ever see a waitress get offended when you left him a bad? T- I don't do that. I use whoever. I'm gonna tell you right now. If you're a waitress, a waiter, and you serve my table, my wife, my wife, you get blessed. You have to be. You have to be absolutely terrible for me not to give you a nice tip. And I usually give you anyway. I start at 15 percent and I go upward. My wife would tell you that everybody who served, because I believe that the people should be rewarded for their service. You come and serve me, I'm going to bless. And then, you know, don't give somebody a doggone look, a bad tip, and then leave a card on the table talking about you love Jesus. <laughs> and you gave a bad tip. Man, you're going to do that. Make sure that you bless so they know that your God is a good God. Come on, church. It's about testimony. So how I many know God shouldn't get the leftovers? So that's the first thing. See, one of the things that tithing does is it makes sure. Everybody say, it makes sure. That's bad English. Everybody say, it ensures that God doesn't get the leftovers. Because how many know that after a while, if you just start spending, 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 before you know it, you know, if you're not, how many know if you're not prioritizing God in your giving, you'll, you'll, you'll drift off into other things. And every, how many know that everything else will become more important in life? Number two, you get a freedom from a sense of guilt. See, even, can I be honest? Y'all, y'all say, listen to me, say amen, please. Say amen, listen. Most people, even if they're, they're not giving or tithing, most people that I talk to know they should be doing better. They should be giving more. You know it in your heart. Instinctively, you know it. You know in your heart. You know, it's a funny thing to me that, that sometimes the folk that make the loudest noise, that have the biggest need, you know, they, 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 don't, they don't tithe. They don't give. 
And, and, and yet they, they demand the most and they give the least. That's because, you know, and I, don't, I don't understand that principle, but how many know that if you are, listen, if you are a regular tither, how many know it gives you boldness? Because you're walking in God's word. Lord, Lord, I kept your word. God, it was hard for me, God. But I read how you said you would open up the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing. So, God, I'm going to walk in this truth. If it kills me, I'm going to believe you. See, it gives you that freedom of that sense of guilt. See, when you're a tither, you are confident to ask for need. When you, when, listen, you're confident to ask. When you, look, when you're a tither, I don't know about you, but when I'm, you know, when I'm tithing in my church, I, look, I'm gonna come, I can actually help with boldness. But if you ain't giving, you halfway giving, you might have, God, I need help. I'm not sure. And, and, you know, and one of the first things I do, I'm just letting people know, Chris will tell you this. We let people, you know, one of the things we look at is we look at for giving. Who want to come and ask us? We look, we look at the giving record. Why? Because we have a responsibility for stewardship. Everybody say stewardship. We have to make sure that you understand the part of the reason why you may be in this situation. Not everybody, because some people have legitimate, but, but, the, the, but most folk that we encounter, they just got jacked up money and God, they ain't even prioritized God in the least. They don't even think of it that way. And I want to get you free. How many know we don't want to teach people to be dependent? We want people to be free. Come on. We want you to be free. Everybody say free. free. Who the son says free is free indeed. How many know you can approach the throne boldly when you know you have been giving God the best? Come on. When you know you got a need, boy, you can go up to the throne and say, God, Lord Jesus, according to your word. According, and God, I've been faithful. I've done my part. You said, you said, and that's why Paul said in the book of Philippians, he said, because the Philippians church had done what they were supposed to do, and because they had gave, they made sure that the work of the ministry was done and complete. Paul said, now my God shall supply all of your need. But it came out of that. Seek first the kingdom. How do you seek first the kingdom? Come on. You got to invest in it. Seek first the kingdom. And God said all of these things because how many know things get people to tripping? How many know people trip over things? How many know people will kill over things? How many know people will go to jail over things? He said you seek first the what? Kingdom and all these things. In other words, what you got to have need of, God said I'll make a way. Oh, yeah, you might have to believe God a little bit. You may be going through a transitional period, but you know in your heart of hearts, oh, my God will make a way for me. Is anybody hearing me this morning? See, number three, you won't become a slave. Watch this. When you're a tither, you won't become a slave to debt and your lust for more things. As I said before, how many know that tithing breeds order? Everybody say order. How many know that some of us, how many know, how do you know what it feels like to be a slave of, of, your, of, your, of, your, of your debt? You know, you know what I'm talking about when Dave, you know, how many know that the that, 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 that taskmaster debt, he's a bad dude. Dude will harass you, he'll take your sleep, he'll wake you up in the morning, he'll follow you around, he will make you ask, how many know that, that taskmaster debt, he's a bad dude? And watch this, church, and one of the ways to get free, watch this, it's, 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 it, but tithing, it breathes a sense of order. I don't know about you, but, but whenever, I, whenever I start with God first, everything else, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Raise your hand. Everything else just kind of falls in place. I, 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 y'all, hear, I, y'all hearing me? See, when you are tither, all of, everything just kind of gets into line, and you feel good about that. 
You see, because you're restoring some order. Some of us just need this order. Look at name, say order, 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 order. Look at say order. So order in my house. Order in my say order in my finances. Order. We just need some order. See, tithing helps temper our lust for more things. Because how many know that if you are a tither, you're always thinking and looking at your money from the perspective of this is God's money. Because you have a tendency to forget that it's God's money. All of us do. How many know we need reminders? Lord, tell me every day this is your money. So I won't do anything stupid. You know, I was, you know, we, 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 we you know, I, I said this last week, but we was, we was purchasing a new car because I needed another car. And, you know, the whole time, and at one time that I ever think about compromising what I need to do, like, like, you know, my money to God, because I said, but the minute I do that, I lose. I become a slave. And, and here's, what I'm trying to, here's what I'm trying to say to you, that you got to figure out a way to bring some order in your financial structure. And the best way to bring order is, listen, is, is don't be a slave to debt. Don't be a slave to that stuff. Put God first. Start tithing. Right where you at? Just start. Because that's the beginning of freedom. Everybody say tithing. I'm going to just say it real loud. Tithing is the beginning of freedom for the Christian. It's the beginning. You ever listen to some folks? You ever listen to some folks in the world who are not even as spiritual as they understand this principle? And Christians ought to know that it's more blessed to give than to receive. How many know you really haven't given yet until you start with your pocketbook? Oh, God. Oh, you know, we can give a whole lot of I gave my service. I gave it. That's good. Thank you for your service. But how about let's come up with some money so we can fund the work of the kingdom? How many of you know what I'm talking about this morning? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Listen, I'm, listen because, it, because where, your, where your treasure is, your heart what? The only way you're going to know that it ain't got you is to what? The only way, how do you know, how do you know you ain't bothered? See, when you're a tither, watch this. Your life will have more meaning and purpose. Y'all hear me? Why? Because you know every day, man, that you are, every time you give an offering, a tithe, and all, how do you know that, that, that every day, every time you do that, there's this feeling of, man, I'm investing in the lives of people. How many know that there's no value to that? How many know the souls of men are very valuable to God? And when you are a tither, one of the things that happen, listen, is in your life, you, you feel good as a Christian. There's a sense of joy because I'm giving to the things of God. I'm investing in his kingdom. And how many know that's going to follow me all the way up to eternity? And so, by, but listen, tithing helps put that in perspective for me. So your life will have more purpose and meaning. Because how many know that if you're not careful, you can just spend, spend, spend. And, you, you, all of, and then you look back one day, and, and anybody ever, ever seen that movie, A Swindler's List? Anybody ever seen? I'm sorry. I say Swindler. Thank you. Swindler's List. This dude was rich. He had all his, all his money, and he realized that his money could help free some Jews. And, but it came near the end. He got a revelation. Thank God he got it. He's like, man, I could be doing so much. In other words, he found purpose. Tithing helps, gives us a sense of purpose. It, 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 it helps us, like, look, this is good. Good I'm doing this, man, because I'm investing in the lives of people. Look, I can go out and I can have my vacation and be on the beach, and I can have a blast. 
knowing that I didn't use the money that should have been used to help take care of God's things for my own personal use. Come on, somebody. Come on. How many of you want to have a good time, but you don't want to do it at the expense of God? Now, you want to make sure that God's kingdom is invested in well. Everybody, we, we, every Christian ought to say amen to that. Because this is not, this is not something that, is, uh, that, that should be foreign to us. So it's a reminder. Another reason is uh, 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 when you tithe, it's a reminder that eternity is most important. Tithing keeps everything in perspective. Because how I many of you know what I'm talking about? You can live your life. There are a lot of folks, a lot of Christians who live their life sometimes. We forget. If you don't believe, folks forget. <laughs> I was telling, this other brother who's a believer, he sends me text messages. He was talking about politics. And, uh, you know, and he was telling me, man, he was like, oh, man, we are doomed. I said, who, 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 who is doomed? Ah, no, no, last I read, God sits on the throne. Last I read that the, the, the kingdom of this world will become the kingdoms of our God, and he shall reign forever and ever. I ain't doomed, brother. No, I'm not doomed because, watch this, and what I understood was that his focus was the here and now. He was looking at this life as it being it. But how many know the one thing tithing would do for you? It reminds you that heaven is most important. It keeps you into an eternal frame of mind because if not, you'll live your life like this world is most important thing to you. How many know your finances need to reflect that there's something greater? And then lastly, with regard to this, God promises to bless and take care of our needs. That's tith- if we are tithers. How many know that? How many of you, want, how many of you have taken God at his word? No, no, I want to see hands. Don't lie now. How many of you have been tithers to God and you've seen God take care of you? And he has met you because he said it. And I, I don't know about you. I believe this book. He says, seek first the kingdom. All these things will be added to you. God says, if you're a tither, I will pour you out a blessing that there won't even be room enough to receive. But pastor, that's in the Old Testament. Oh, so what you're saying is God don't want to bless you in the New Testament. Oh, there are certain verses that apply that you like in the Old Testament, but when it comes to them, I don't like that one. Oh, how many, how many know we got smorgasbord Christianity running rampant around this place? We pick and choose what we like, but don't mess with our money. If you are disturbed this morning by me talking about money, that's a sign to you. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You need to get free. Because the folk that are tired today, they happy. They love this message. Oh, I'm eating pastor, preach it. Preach, 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 pastor, preach it. They love it. The folks who ain't, they're like, hurry up, get up off of this. You're wearing me down. I'm wearing you down with truth because I love you. And I want you to be free. Lastly, lastly. So everything we just said is the opposite. So consequently, if you're not tithing, God is getting what you have left over. You live in a sense of guilt, particularly when there's a request for an offering. You're a slave to debt. Your life is lacking purpose and meaning. Eternity is taking a back seat. That's if you're not doing it. These are the, these are the consequences to not, to not doing this. Now watch this. Here's a challenge. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 to 12, God said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Now watch. What is a storehouse? A storehouse is two things, I believe. It's a place where we get food and eat. It's also the place we obtain seed to sow for future harvest. 
As Christians, we receive our spiritual food and most likely the seed to sow into the lives of others from our local church. I believe that the storehouse is your local church, that every Christian ought to be, first of all, every Christian should find a church home. Amen? A body of people that they are accountable to. Amen? That's scriptural. You don't have me have to pull that out, but that is scriptural. But I believe the storehouse is your local church. Every church we go to, we pour. Listen, every church we've been to, we've been members of and we committed to, that's where we put our money because we believe that's the storehouse. Everybody's the storehouse. If this is where you get fed, if this is where you get encouraged, if you believe this is where God called you, then you should be supporting your local church, wherever it is. If it's not this place, wherever you go to church, if that's your church, you should be tithing. Your first 10 should go there. When they were given offering in Israel, they just couldn't take the offering wherever they wanted to. They had to take it to certain designations. And for us, it's the local church. It's the structure that God set up. Now watch this. Now what are the conditions that God promises to bless us? Read that verse. He says what? If you bring in all the tithe, the, the tithe. Look at this. He, said, he says what? Bring in all the tithe into the storehouse. Bring in the tithe, the 10%, that there may be food in my house. But here's the big thing God says. He says, test me now in this. Okay, if it's not, if you're sitting there listening to this message this morning, and you say, Pastor, this ain't for me, then you know what? Nobody mad at you. You're good. <laughs> but I'm talking to the folk that believe God. Anybody that believe God? I'm talking to the folks that want to say, you know what, let me, let, me, let me try God in this. Because I'm giving you some good reasons why I think you ought to be a tither. And it goes beyond whether or not the law says you should do it or whether or not it's said in the New Testament. Because, you know, people use that. Well, the Bible don't command you to get the 10%. You know, well, the Bible don't command you to brush your teeth, but you brush them. Come on, right? Some things just ought to come and you're a Christian. You just ought to know some things, you know. God never intended for us to be smoking weed and we made grass. Come on, somebody. God, God wasn't thinking men were going to go out there and just smoke weed, smoke grass up and get high. And, uh, in other words, you know, there are some things that we conjure up. We conjure up these, uh, these things and uh, God don't command it. Well, there's nothing in the Bible says I shouldn't smoke weed. Really? Nothing in the Bible says I shouldn't do crack. No, you, but how I many know some instinctively tell you that you shouldn't do crack? I mean, if someone don't tell you that someone, we, you need to get to the altar. We need to pray. You get you, get you delivered. But it requires a test. See, no matter where you are financially, here's what God, here's what I believe God is saying, that you need to take the test. Some of you have, have you, you haven't committed. Everybody say committed. Some of us have never committed to the type. It was conditional. Our heart went in it the wrong way. But I went into this thing thinking, Lord, this is holy unto you, and I'm a Christian, and I want to make sure, Lord, that my life reflects that. I'm going to give you that, because it's holy. I tell people I'm a Christian, then I know, God, this is going to be for the, till I die. Everybody say, till I die. This is how I'm going to honor God. So if I lose my job and I end up making $10,000 a year, how much is that going to go to God? I'm just saying. Y'all can count Right? What is, what is, uh, what is 10% of 1,000? I mean, 10% of 10,000, 1,000. So I'm, I'm trying to say it doesn't matter where you're at. Test God in this. You might be sitting here today and say, I never done. I'm just saying, test God in this. Do it. Get yourself 
free. Try it. Do it for a year. Do it for two years. Don't just discount everything I said. Just say, you know what, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of your word. Because as we said before, tithing is about the honor of God. It's a, let me put it this way. Tithing is an opportunity. Because God is not going to force you, right? It's an opportunity. There's some folks that go a lot further than that. I'm not going to go that far, but I will say this. That, that I can tell you that folk are blessed when they tithe, and a lot of folk who don't tithe, they're having a very difficult time. And I think that's for a whole lot of reasons. And I'm talking about with their money. You'll be, how many know true discipleship also starts with relinquishing control of your money to God? I can't disciple you truly unless we talk about money. I, I'm not a good pastor to you unless we talk about money. I, I, I'm, I'm not. God, then he promises something else. He said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they may be trying to lay off everybody else, but, you know, God is going to protect you. And even if he has to, God got something around the corner for you. Why? Because you've been faithful. You've been faithful. You stay with God. And how I many know God will take care of you? You might be in transition, but, but understand something. When you have honored God, and you're, you ain't got a thing to worry about. You need to quit. Walk in peace, man. I know God. Well, what's wrong, brother? Yeah, I know. But, I, you know, the words say he's going to take care. I'm good. Brother, Lord, what else you want me to be doing? Uh, God, what else you want me to do? How can I say? What can I do? God got this. God, I'm not worried about this. How many know God will rebuke the divine? Satan wants to destroy your life, but he can't destroy what God has blessed. He can't do it. He can try. He can threaten you. But Satan can't curse what God has already blessed. And I don't know about you. When, you, when you're giving a tithe to God, you're blessed. Because there's a blessing that comes with tithing. Uh, almost no other scripture, when it talks about money, you find it in Malachi. And I don't know about you, but the Bible says that all scripture, everybody say all, oh. is given by inspiration of God, by inspiration from God. All scripture, all of it, from cover to cover. Old and new, how many know it's applicable to me today? And I don't know about you, I'm going to catch this blessing. I'm going to catch this one. So I'm done. But here's what I want to say to you. I'm going to give some folks an opportunity. The head is bowed. Every, every, every head is bowed. Every eye is closed.